Welcome to the Ultra Marriage Podcast, or welcome back if you've listened to any of our previous episodes where on this mission, we are restoring the focus and importance on marriage in our culture and not just being married, but having a relationship that never stops growing on its way to going the distance. Our guest today is the epitome of an amazing and adventurous person and spouse. Her name is Bree Hagen. Bree is a very successful career woman in a male-dominated industry, and I know firsthand I've seen some of the males in this industry, and she has busted the door wide open and blazed the trail for herself. She's amazing. She has been married to her husband for 18 years. They have two incredible children, three dogs, and a fish. The past few years, Bree has jumped headfirst into ultra-endurance events like hiking, backpacking, running, and just about any challenge that pushes preconceived barriers. So if you want to know how and why to live boldly and confidently, this conversation is for you. Bree tells it straight. She tells the truth. She's bold and she's brash. Enjoy. And as always, if you get something out of this, like it, share it, leave us a review, share this with people that you know could use it and buckle up. This is a conversation you may want to listen to more than once with Bree Hagen. I've been super stoked to really kind of just pick up our conversation that we had a uh, couple weeks ago. Um, and so I'll just for, for people who will be listening to this, um, just share a little bit about you and, and you can, uh, fill in a lot of the blanks. I think we'll fill in a lot of that as we, as we go, but I love your, your Instagram handle is live boldly. Don't just exist. Did I get that right? Yeah, okay. that's exactly Probably right. don't need to say anything more about you after that. I mean, that pretty much sounds a huge story right there. Right? <laughs> Live boldly, yeah. don't just exist. I love that. And it's so interesting because every time I see it, it's like it's like a little reminder again. Every time I see that that handle. Um, but I know you uh you moved out to um the West Coast eight years ago. Yeah. Eight or so years yeah. ago, right? And you're in Portland. Yeah. Or Portland area. Yeah, we're just yeah, we're just south of Portland. Yep. Okay. Yep. So. Um, yeah, and director of um, national accounts for a medical device company, uh, and yep. um, all adventure, all things adventure enthusiast, right? So yeah, we'll get into that a little bit. <laughs> that sums well. that up real well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If um, it has adventure in the title, it's probably yeah. going to be in my wheelhouse. <laughs> That's awesome. So, and, uh, married 18 years, um, two kids, they are, I think your, your kids, we talked about this. They're, they're very similar in age to, um, to mine, if not exact. I mean, they're, you've got a 20 or 21 year old. Is that right? Yeah. He just turned 20 in August and then our, that's our son. And then our daughter is 16. She'll be 17 in April. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very, uh, yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. That's a whole nother world. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I remember when my, when my daughter became a teenager, um, I told my wife, I said, I may just need to take these years off. I'm just going to go get a, <laughs> get a, a cabin in the woods and, uh, I'll see you when she, uh, when she goes away to college or something, but, uh, it's, it's fun, there but that go. actually, that kind of touches on something that we, I do want to get to you. Last time we talked, you mentioned like the stages of marriage and, um, loving all of the different stages it's like parenting too i mean there are different stages to parenting uh different stages to marriage as well so that's something that we'll kind of get into but what um what else anything else that you 
can share about yourself, your family? Um, you pretty much covered it. I mean, we're, yeah. you know, like I said, my most of my family's back in the Midwest. It's just, you know, my immediate family, my husband, two kids, and three dogs and a goldfish uh, that live <laughs> out here in Portland. <laughs> and yeah, we just, this adventure came up, you know, a little over eight years ago, and it was a very fast decision that was made. I mean, we, from job offer to moving, it was less than two weeks. So, um, but, you know, we'll definitely talk about some of that. Like, what does that look like in a marriage? Right. Cause it's, yeah, absolutely. That, that was definitely, the kids were kind of old enough to have kind of a say in whether or not we moved out here. And so that was definitely an interesting time in parenting um, and definitely an interesting time to kind of see them respond to yeah. what I was saying at the dinner table. I'll never forget the conversation, but um, yeah. So we We've been out here. We love it. I don't see us leaving because we have the mountains, we have the ocean, we have wine country just south of us. <laughs> what else I is mean, there? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. Pepper a little bit of work and all that, and we're good to go. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay. So, gosh, there's so, so much to get into. You have had an epic year. Are you... Yes. And I do want you to to touch on uh, the big events that you did this year to kind of set the stage for how we'll talk about this kind of stuff within the dynamic of of marriage. And really, again, just, you know, like we talked about earlier, my mission is to find people that are doing things in their marriage that you don't typically see, people that are going for it, the adventure seekers, whether it's adventure in business or outdoors or um, you know, picking up and getting a job offer and moving within a two weeks, whatever those, <laughs> you know, whatever that is couples that are, that are striving to make it not only work, but be amazing and outstanding and be the best relationship that they can. And I know you get questions like that. You mentioned that you get questions like that from other people. Like, how do you guys make that? How do you guys do that? How do you guys do what you do? Yeah. So, um, so I do want to talk about, uh, just kind of set the stage for what you did this year and I'll probably miss something. I'm going to go over, I think I've got a list of like five things. So you did the basic course in March. Okay. Um, 29029. So, so then maybe I may be missing stuff between March and August because August was just off the charts, right? 29029. <laughs> you did the Alpine mission, which is a, the, the next level up from the basic course. You did a relay race. I don't know which one it was, but you did did a yeah, race as well. Yeah. Okay. All that in August, those three in August. And then you decided to start hiking the AT yeah. with some friends. And yeah. is the goal, just very real quickly, because I'm fascinated by it, and I'm fa- kind of fascinated by the AT as well, <laughs> is the goal to eventually finish the AT in, in chunks? Yeah. You can do it chunk by chunk. Yep. It's just amazing. Yeah. That's really cool. That's yeah, almost. We, um, some people do it all at once, right? Mm-hmm. But we've I've actually met a lot of people that have done it both ways. And I feel yeah. like when, and we met a lot of people that were finishing the AT on our first leg that we did. And they're exhausted. 
right? And I don't ever want to get to that point because I feel like you would lose the joy of what you're seeing. And I feel at some point you're just putting your head down and you're just chewing through the miles. Whereas like we want to take in like everything that that AC has to offer. And so we've decided we're going to do it in chunks and do it as time allows with our group of um, other women, other three of seven women uh, that are doing it together. So. Yeah, yeah that's, that's outstanding. And that's so in a lot of ways, it's more difficult, I think, than doing it all at once because it takes it takes a longer term commitment. Actually, it takes yeah. right. Yeah. You've, you've got to you've got to commit to that process long term. Keep going back. Keep getting it done. I love that. I love that. That idea. Yeah that you guys came up with um yeah. did i miss any and I'll, I'll go through some of these but did, what did i miss did i miss anything big this year <laughs> you've done oh my gosh no that those were yeah those that was That's definitely my 2021 <laughs> <laughs> so i can ask and, more if you want but <laughs> they won't yeah. be here as epic as that stuff <laughs> yeah so so the basic course um for those people that are listening the basic course is a weekend adventure um hiking in the in the north carolina uh, mountains backwoods a, a lot of other stuff within that you're in a team a team environment right 29029 is the equivalent of climbing mount everest and i think you you did the 13 ascents so it's 13 yeah. it was 13 yeah. ascents up a I don't know what you, you don't, you don't, do you call yeah. it a hill? We went up snow basin. Yeah. It was, okay. Yeah. It's like, it's up a ski run essentially. Yeah. So they right. just pick out a ski run and you, it's a loop. Yeah. So you go up, you know, ours was I think 2.3 miles and then you gondola back down and it, you just loop for 36 hours or as long as it, I mean, you have 36 hours to complete it. So however right. long it takes you to, to complete yep. it. Yeah. 36 hours or less uh, up a, amazingly steep climb 13 times yeah i think uh, the average was 19 percent incline (laughs) that's just wild it's no hill put it that way (laughs) it sounds so easy like oh 36 hours to climb Uh 13 times two miles that's that's fine but yeah i know it's it's so so much more and not everybody finishes that's the thing i guess you all it's really Um, all you need to know is everybody that starts it does not finish in the 36 hours. That's right. that's how difficult it is. Then the Alpine mission, which was the sort of a graduate course from the basic course that is really way next level of danger um, and uh, just the it, it was a smaller team, I think, than the basic yeah. course. So you had and. Um, so again, is and I think it was longer. Was it longer than the weekend? It was like four or five days. Um, it was Sunday to Tuesday. So yeah, maybe like an extra, maybe day and a half because you prep um, okay. and things like that. But actually, in theory, it was a lot longer, I guess, because your team preps for months before That's you right. actually get on the actual mission itself. Like we were prepping. I mean, every week. And then towards, you know, the end, we were prepping every couple of days and you're just, you're constantly training and, and prepping mentally, prepping physically and with gear. So yeah, that one did basically once we were accepted as the team, like once the team was announced, that team just, we became one unit 
And that was how we operated all the way through the mission. It's still how we operate today. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so the Alpine mission, you did the, the race, um, hiked a section of the AT. And after the last time we talked, you flew out to New York to support another friend who was running. Yeah. Um, and we could probably, you mentioned it. I mean, we could probably rattle off uh, half a dozen to a dozen more things that you've done this year that are <laughs> really cool. But the reason I wanted to set that up is I wanted to set up the adventure and that it seems like it's um, it's something that you've increased over the last probably couple to few years, increasing the level of adventure and the and the things that um, the challenges and the things that you're doing. And actually, I'll, I'll kind of let's let's go back because uh, I kind of wanted to set that up. Your decision to move to Portland eight years ago, you'd mentioned this, but kind of like a family decision, but mm-hmm. quick right? It was job offer. We got to make a decision done. We're moving. Walk through that. Like how, cause that's tough, right? That's, it's tough when you've got one and it would talking about like within the dynamic of marriage, you got a one of the two and then you add your kids into it as well. But one of the two spouses has an opportunity that's going to affect both spouses in the entire family. How did you go through that, that decision process? Yeah, no, that's a, it's a great question. And I think whether, you know, like you said before, whether it's a job or it's an adventure or it's a life change or whatever, I think couples make those decisions all the time, but I don't, I don't think they realize it necessarily. I know you and I have talked about this before, right? Like um, there's, it's a constant adjustment and I think it's, it opens up a door for conflict if you're not careful because to your point, yeah, there's a couple, you know, if you have a couple and you have one person that is, you know, doing all of these things or is having this big decision and it came up. So we, like I said, we live by family. So that was like a pretty, you know, standard, you know, my family was just maybe 10 minutes up the road. His family was about two hours North. And so it was just, we're very like family centric. And I had gotten a random email one day from a recruiter and they're like, Hey, they're, this company's heavily looking at you. They would like you to come out there and meet with them, et cetera, et cetera. And it's funny because I looked at the job description and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is like next level. This is like my kind of opportunity. It's basically what I had been kind of molding my career towards. And I was, you know, my husband, like I, I'm very open about what I wanted in my career and he knew kind of where I was headed. So I mean, it was no surprise when I was all excited about it. The funny thing is, is I didn't actually look at where the job was located. (laughs) I totally like omitted that off. Like, you know how they have the cover sheet of like all the details. And then the second sheet is like the description. So I printed off the description and I left the other details. I didn't even care. I was like, whatever. Like I knew what company it was. I just wanted the description and I was so excited about it. And so I talked to him about it, et cetera. And then I got on the phone with the recruiter the next day and he was like, okay, so, you know, you would consider moving. And I was like, where? What? <laughs> I had no idea. What do you mean moving? And he was like, well, this is in Portland. And I was like, Maine? <laughs> He's like, no, Oregon. I was like, oh, that that's a different. And, but I, I found that I hadn't lost any joy over the opportunity. 
And so I like finished that conversation and then I called my husband Mary and I was like, okay, so um, small hiccup with that job. And I told him, I was like, it's located in Portland. And he was like, okay, so we're moving. And that was his response. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe. Like, it was just that thing where like, I didn't expect such an open, like acceptance of like, okay, well, that's your dream job. You've been gearing your career towards this. So we have to move to do that. We have to make this adjustment as a family. And so then I just, I remember saying like, okay, well, we'll talk about it tonight. Cause I was supposed to fly out the next day to meet the, uh, the finance, the, um, the CEO. And so we sat down at dinner and we talked to the kids and we're just like, Hey, like, what would you guys think if we moved? And, you know, and they're kind of like, I don't know. Yeah. Our daughter was younger. So she was like, yes, let's go. Like she has no idea <laughs> that that means that like her friends won't be down the street and stuff like yeah. that. She just sees it yeah. as adventure. Like absolutely hands down. Let's go do this. Um, our son was the one that was a little bit like, okay, but you know, he was our hockey player. He was, you know, he had his hockey team and his friends and you know, this son the next thing. And so he was a little bit like, I don't know, but then like, so we, we just talked about it. And I, you know, I was like, I don't have to do this. Like if it's not, you know, we all have to be all in. And our son was just entering into middle school at that time. So it was, it was a good time to do it. But at the same time, it was also one of those, you know, I, I wanted him to be okay. I didn't just want to like pull the kids and be like, nope, like selfishly, this is what I want with my life and I'm going to take you and you're going to be okay with it. And so um, we've always kind of made sure that everybody's on the same page. And he like, at the end of dinner, he kind of comes up, we were doing dishes and he comes up and he's like, mom, he's like, let's move. Let's do it. I think it'll be fun. And so, and I still get chills when I think about his little face, like saying that because it was just like, <laughs> okay. And so then it was, nice because then the next day I'm on a plane right to come out to Portland to meet this team and to kind of have the formal interview part and inter you know be introduced to all the you know leadership team and it was it's a much better space as a wife and a mom to be doing that knowing that I have you know my my little backpack family like coming mm -hmm. right with me it would have been very different if I would have felt any kind of, you know, um, hold off or any kind of, you know, I don't, I don't know that this is the right decision for us. It would have felt like I would be like, well, I'm going to go anyway. I'm going to, I'm going to try this anyway, kind of thing. So that definitely made all the difference in the world in, yep. in, you know, going out there. And then of course it just, I mean, it went quick from there. I, met the team like a half of a day. I was back on a plane. I think I had, you know, the offer before I even landed back in Minneapolis. I knew it was coming before I left. So everything was very anticipatory. And the next day I had the decision and made the decision. And that very next, the week after that Monday, I was, I was gone. Like wow. I went out to Portland. <laughs> I was like, whirlwind. <laughs> That's awesome. So there's there's a few things I picked up from how you described that. That um, it sounded like you you had had the stage kind of set in advance of what your what your ideal and dream job looks like, right? You, Travis, your husband knew what it, what that looked like, and um, so it sounds like that was okay. That's a vision, and when it popped, you both knew that this is 
this is something that you that you wanted, not knowing that it was how many ever miles away uh, that you would have to move at the time, <laughs> right? And yes, and I, I mean, I, I picked up on this maybe because I'm horrible at communicating. That's one of that's one of the worst <laughs> parts about about me. I find that hard to believe, marriage. but okay, <laughs> it is. It's yeah, I'm I'm. Uh, it's it's something I've been working to overcome for so long. But you said you right away after you got the call from the recruiter, you called your husband to tell him about it. Now, me in the middle of a, a busy day or a busy work day or whatever, I probably would have waited. I would have gone o- through in my mind, okay, how am I going to tell my wife? How's this going to go? And almost like decided in advance what I wanted and then figure out how to present that to her so that it becomes something <laughs> that she wants as well. And, yes. and I say that somewhat in jest, but I mean, it's, it's true though. You, I mean, mm-hmm. you called right away and said, we got to, or this was actually, um, I'm sorry, this is when you said that you heard that it was in Portland, right? And you called them right away and said, there's yeah. a hiccup. So you addressed it right away, not as um, something to try to convince him, but just, hey, this is kind of an issue. This is going to present an issue. Yeah. And um, so his response was fascinating, just immediate. Has he, is he always like, is he that, is he supportive, supportive of your, your goals, your dreams? Do you guys support each other in that and just kind of work together to help each other move towards that? Yeah, I think so. When we talk, you know, you have the stages of marriage, right? Like it did not start out that way at all. You know, like it was, um, I'm a very dominant personality. I'm a very, like, I'm a go-getter. I mean, my Instagram handle is there for a reason, right? Like it's, yeah. I mean, if, if it's out there, if I want it, I'm going to figure out how to get it. Because in, you know, reality, you get one shot at this life, right? And yeah. we've had this discussion before. I'm choosing to spend my life with this person, but I also get one shot at this life. So how do you balance that? you know, living this life with this person, but also making your life epic, right? So that Mm -hmm. you, you are doing what you want to do as an individual. And it's also, you know, kind of in totality with your, you know, marriage or your kids or, you know, whatever, um, whatever kind of life you have with your partner. And so, yeah, definitely didn't start out that way. It, it was one of those things that we just kind of had to learn. It didn't really ever present a conflict. I think from the get-go, so one of my things with within like my marriage or just, you know, even friendships and stuff like that is that I was very forthright with Trav. Like, I will never need you. I will always want you. And I think that's a very different, yeah, it's when you look at relationships that way, whether it's marriage, friends or otherwise, when you look at the fact that I want this person in my life, you are you are voluntarily having that person, you're accepting that person, that person serves you in some capacity, you serve that person in some capacity. It's a lot different than I need this person, right? Because if you need something, then you are codependent on something. Mm -hmm. And that can get real toxic and real sideways real quickly when conflict comes up or when someone decides, you know, to grow or whatever. And so I think that platform 
I mean, that was established so early on in our, I think even before we were married, that was mm-hmm. established. And so Trav kind of knew, okay, I'm getting into a relationship with like <laughs> crazy driven human and that I just have to be okay with the fact that she will always, you know, want me there, not, not necessarily need. Um, and I think, you know, obviously we're, we're different in that I'm a female, right. And so I've always kind of set my own personal platform to be, you know, financially independent, career independent, like just very independent in those things. So I could support myself if ever needed right that's just Mm -hmm. kind of how I've I've, how I put myself through college and it's kind of my mentality and so I'm just very grateful that Trav accepted that piece because that can cause a lot of conflict um, especially early on when you have somebody who's like this is kind of how I am this is who I am and (laughs) I kind of take it or leave it kind of thing um but so it did, you know, in return then, you know, so like looking at, you know, Travis, like he kind of turned it around the same way, right? Like he had certain things he wanted to do. He had certain goals. Um, and so I think that afforded him the opportunity to just be very open and honest with how he felt. He didn't have to hide behind anything because I was being open and honest. And so mm-hmm. when you, when you set the stage, like I said, even before marriage, when I was setting the stage that, you know, I'll never need you, I'll always want you in my life, but I'll never actually need you, it won't be a codependency kind of thing. Then all of a sudden, the way that you handle conflict, you know, once you move through marriage, the way that you communicate things, it just becomes organic at that point. Um, It's not, you know, I don't like the reason I, you know, dropped the phone with the recruiter and called him and was like, Hey, hiccup, it's in Portland is because of my excitement for that role. If that was going to cause any conflict, because that's a much bigger space, right? That's a, I mean, you're talking about moving an entire family, you know, sports, living close, you know, proximity to grandparents and all this stuff, you know, 1800 miles West to no man's land. I mean, none of us had ever been to Oregon and you might as well have been moving us into the boonies because we had no idea where we were going. It, that just, there's moments like that, that just caused us like, okay, I really want this in my life, but I had to make sure that it was, you know, that the barometer was there uh, for my family. And so, yeah, absolutely. Like I've actually never been one to sit and figure out how I'm going to broach a subject to trap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm very brass tacks. I'm like, if I want to do it, he's going to know 30 seconds later. And it's not going to be uh, I would like your permission. I'm more of a, hey, I'm going to go do this in this month. <laughs> like 29029. Like I don't even think I because he did it with me. Uh, I just didn't even ask him. I like signed both of us up and I sent him a screenshot. And I was like, hey, look what we're doing in August. And this was back in 2019 because we were supposed to do it in 2020. He yep. was like, what is that? <laughs> like, It's this like 36 hour loop up a mountain like here. And I sent him the link. Um, but it just is one of those things where I just it was an adventure. I wanted to do it together. Like he knows that I just kind of live life. I go for it. And so. Yep. That's that's how those kinds of decisions roll. And so that's it was totally normal 
for me just to call him and be like, hey, tiny hiccup, it's in Portland. I didn't expect any other response from him other than it would, I knew it would be supportive, right? Uh, but I didn't expect the response of, oh, well, then I guess we're moving. You know, like that was a lot faster of a processing yeah. moment than I thought. I, I thought that he would have to be like, okay, well, let's talk about that, you know, or let's, what is, what's that going to look like? And it just wasn't, it wasn't. And it, I mean, I like that, that made that transition that much easier. And of course we've been out here now for eight years. So obviously yeah. nobody hates it. <laughs> yeah. So, so it sounds like there's, there's really an acceptance there, like a complete acceptance yeah. of, if I look at it from his perspective, and I'm assuming you're the same way, a complete acceptance of who you are. Um, yes. and how you roll and you've been together 18 years. So he, right. You, you guys know each other's idiosyncrasies, you know, um, uh, how you do things. Like I'm completely opposite of that. I'm a, I'm an overthinker over analyzer until it's like, <laughs> Oh, oops, too late. I missed that opportunity, which I've, I've been changing <laughs> over the last couple of years, few years, which kind of led to us connecting in this way, in this manner. But, um, so there's an acceptance there that's key and it sounds like it was that way from the beginning right you you knew what you were getting into he knew what he was he, what he was getting into and that hasn't wavered in 18 years it's acceptance of you who you are you don't need anybody else you are who you are complete person yourself together you become better but you're you're going to roll you're going to live boldly mm -hmm. and not just exist. And that's, that's what he signed up for. And you, same thing for you uh, with him. So it, it sounds amazing. The, that the openness is just, is just fantastic. And the, so is it also true that kind of based off what you said that you, you put your family ahead of your dream job? Is that, mm -hmm. is that true? Cause it sounds like to have the family discussion, that's kind of, that's kind of where that would come from. I'm assuming that, okay, I'm, I want to do this with all my heart and soul, but not if everyone's not on board. Yeah. And I think that's, that's definitely where it's like doing something for myself. So like deciding to, you know, do the AT or deciding to do 2929. Those are very like, those are singular things, right? Like I, I will do them for myself. I don't, you know, my kids don't need to schlep along with me. Like it's not, it, it's not a family decision, essentially. Yep. That's something for me for personal growth. So I think in any marriage or even partnership, right? Like it's, I think it's important that people understand the difference between something that is for you personally and something that is for you, but may affect a larger scale. Like, to be honest, it doesn't affect my kids if I get on a plane and I go to Utah and I climb a mountain for 36 hours. So it doesn't affect them. Um, but what does affect them if I get them on a plane and I take them away from their friends, their sports, their family and whatever, and I plunk them into a completely different environment and I say, okay, go thrive. You're going to yeah. go to school here now. You're going to like, learn how to make all new friends and oh by the way like there's barely hockey out here so that sport that you've played seven days a week yeah that looks a little different out here too so I mean it's yeah. when you I think you have to be humble enough 
when you really want something, I think you have to look at, okay, what are, what are the facets of this decision? Like, who is this impacting? And yes, it impacted, you know, like my sister, I'm very close with my sister and I'm very close with my family. So it impacted them, but that had to have a lot less weight in my decision than how it was impacting, you know, my kids and my marriage, et cetera. So I think there's definitely, you know, I say that there's just two, but you know, there's many more that people will go through with conflict. Uh, But those were, those were essentially, you know, those are my decisions in my life. And because our family is small, does it affect my family? And, or is it just affecting me? And then that will kind of weigh in on the decision. And now, like I said, now, we're in a totally different space in our marriage where it's like, it's kind of, does it back, it's back to me now, you know, does it affect me or does it affect Trav and I, because the kids are just kind of, they're growing yeah, up. They're kind of off doing, doing their, their own, own thing. thing. <laughs> I know it's a, yeah. uh, it's a, a necessary, um, difficult part of parenting and, and yeah. having a family. That's for yeah. sure. So I heard you mention going back to kind of the move. So you moved out, uh, to Portland and I heard you mentioned on, um, an IG live with a mutual friend, Jeff Forrester, that you're a very different person than today than you were when you moved eight years ago. So if that's true, um, what I'd like to do is kind of dive into that a little bit because there's, so that's, this is it's kind of set the stage. So this is like 10 years into your marriage. You guys move eight years later. You're, you're a bit of a different person than you were previously. There's a fear there that there's a fear of personal develop, development. Okay. And what I mean by that is, and I, I've felt this, I think a lot of us feel this when we're, when we're in a relationship with someone else, that if I change, even if I'm changing to try to better myself, how is my partner going to view that? Is that going to impact that at all? So how over the last eight years, just kind of talk about a little bit of that progression. Like, how are you? I can't, I don't know. I just, I know you like this, so I can't imagine you. I know. Else. <laughs> like, I know. I, I was just talking with a friend. <laughs> exactly. I was just talking with a friend about this. Actually, it's really funny because I'm like, if anybody in Portland knew the Minneapolis me, they would be like, uh uh-uh. uh. There's no way that you two are the same person. Really? Like it's, it is what's different? completely what, like different. What's, you, what, what, a few examples, a couple of examples. What's different? Oh my gosh. My idea of camping was a JW <laughs> in Minneapolis. Like yeah. my idea of camping here is stick me as far out in the woods as you possibly can with nobody around, no access to toilets, showers, like nothing. Like stick me out. I, we know we have a truck with a tent on top. So we just kind of maneuver back into the woods around here, you know, hiking, like just, yeah. I mean, the Minneapolis me was very career oriented. So I guess back up again. So back to the phases of marriage, the phases of parenthood as well. Right. So all of this plays into this Petri dish Mm. that I'm about to explain. Mm -hmm. So when I was in Minneapolis, I was, soccer mom, I was hockey mom, I was, you know, show you you pick up the kids at school and you, you know, you're just I was career mom, like I, you know, traveled obviously for work. And so it became life for me looked like, 
you know, a lot of airplanes and Marriott's and meetings. And then when I got home, it was, you know, hockey games and soccer games and cutting up orange slices and, you know, things like that type of space. Like there was literally no space for me to have any personal growth. I would run a marathon here and there, you know, you run a half marathon on the weekend or, you know, you do the five K's and stuff with the kids and whatnot. But like, I really, I don't, if, when I look back at that time and I've reflected on this a lot lately, I have, I didn't have time for personal growth the way I should have, you know, because you're so busy, like being a mom. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think when we came out here, all of a sudden it, you know, you start realizing like things that you thought were really important to you are no longer important to you. Um, I still travel a ton for work, right? So I was still balancing like the career aspect of things, but sports looked a lot different. Both of our kids became triathletes when we came out here. So triathlon, like the season is in the summer and it's like a one day thing versus like, you know, hockey tournaments are, you know, all, you know, weekends and things. And um, our daughter still played hockey when we came out here and, and she played up mostly in Vancouver, BC. So there was a lot of exploring you know, the, the Vancouver, BC area. And I mean, there's no better way to explore that area than to be hiking. I will never forget when I went on my first hike out here, you guys would laugh. The, the whole basic course would have laughed at me. <laughs> I like, I had ridiculous amounts of water and snacks and like all this stuff that I thought that you needed. And it was like a two mile hike. I mean, it was ridiculous, but I was like over prepared because I didn't know what to expect. And it, yeah, it, it was ridiculous, but, um, my husband actually just maybe within the last couple of months has said, like, if you met your previous self, like you guys would laugh at each other. And I'm like, Oh, I know. But then you take that. And first of all, like he's walked that journey with me, right? Like he's a different person as well. Um, but I think one of the important pieces goes back to what we were talking about earlier is that communication. Like if I feel complacent or if I feel like the marriage is making me feel stagnant I will immediately address it I like I'm I'm not a kitchen sink fighter I don't do any of that I will literally say to Trav in fact I just said a couple weeks ago where I'll be like something's not right right now like I like I feel like I'm you know being pushed into more of a complacency space and I don't know why And it won't necessarily, you know, I'm not one to be like, and you did this and you did this. You know, I'm not definitely not a finger pointer. I'm more of like a something feels off. Help me figure out what it is. And nine times out of 10, it has nothing to do with our marriage. But I think that's where people get it wrong. Um, And I think it's so easy just to blame your spouse. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I mean, I'm not losing weight or I'm not the person I want to be. And it's all your fault, you know, and that's how conflict comes around, comes up. Whereas for me at, at that point, when I really kind of self-reflect, because even Trav said it, he goes, go back to your book. He's like, oh, right. And you and I had this conversation. It was yeah. right when you and I were talking the last time where it was like, yeah. I just, I was forgetting about the brain dump part of writing and I was getting too caught up in the the logistics. And so I kind of was finding myself like spinning my wheels a little bit and feeling mm-hmm. a little bit like I wasn't going anywhere. 
And so actually our, you and when we had the brain dump discussion, that was really helpful. <laughs> but then that was kind of Trav's response is like, you just go back to writing, like, go, you know, work on this or, you know, and, and he kind of tries to like remind me that there's other things out there. Cause yes, yeah. after you have the kind of year I had, I mean, you can imagine right now I'm in kind of this weird grief period. Kind of a letdown. Yeah. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah. Where yeah. you're like, what do I do the rest of the year? And yeah. it's, you know, you're, you're just, I guess, redirecting your energy, but yeah, the, where I am now. So, I mean, now, like on the weekends, we're gone, we're camping, we're hiking. Um, we're in the woods as much as possible. Like I, you know, the old me feared, you know, guns. And now out here, obviously that's something that you have to carry when you hike because of the, you know, the wildlife out here is yeah. a little different than it is in Minneapolis. Um, so (laughs) there's just different elements. And I think the adaptability of those, you know, came because that communication has been so open, you know, not without conflict. Like, I definitely don't want to sit here and be like, Oh, it's been all, you know, rainbows and unicorns. Like there's definitely conflict in marriage. Um, anybody would be lying. But you work through it though. So I love the way you work through it though, because you, I love how you put that, Hey, something's off, but I'm not sure what it is. As opposed to what we usually do, what we usually do is (laughs) (laughs) right. We, you're like, "Mm." yeah, exactly. Something's something's off. And the other spouse picks up on that and then thinks that it's them. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's this tension that this unspoken tension that starts to build when you don't even know what the issue is. It could be something at work. It could be something internally. Um, I would venture to say the vast majority of the time, it, it probably doesn't have anything to do with the marriage, but then it becomes something to do be, with it because couples don't talk like you do. I know. Well, Mm -hmm. I'll speak for myself. I don't communicate that way often. And so it's like this underlying thing. Like if my, if my wife seems upset about something, it's the longer it's like, I'll let it go for a little bit. It's kind of like, okay, bad moment. And then later in the day, it's like, wait a second, it's something still going on. What (laughs) did I do? And I'm, you manifested, I manifested on myself. Like, what did I do? I didn't do anything. What did I, you know, and and I'm starting to battle into my head already so that when we do eventually talk about it, it it actually brings up, brings up issues that weren't even there in the first place versus like what you said, like, uh, maybe it is something between the two of you, but let's figure it out together rather than me trying to figure it out and you seeing me upset. And all of a sudden, you know, 24 hours from now or even longer, we're talking about it and all this other stuff has come up in the meantime. I love how you, how you put that about uh, being open about when you're not feeling right. And then you're a team, you're working through it together. We're a team people. (laughs) We we need to, we need (laughs) to work as a team. No, we, um, way early on in our marriage, we actually went to a marriage counselor just to like learn how to communicate. Yeah, that's so And good. it was, it was eye opening. Um, she actually put us back to back and gave us a set of Legos. And I, she was like, 
okay, she gave me a picture of something. She's like, here, I want you to build this, but you have to communicate to Travis how to build this without him knowing. Mm -hmm. And so we, you know, for 20 minutes, we sit there and I'm like, okay, Trav, take the, you know, six block yellow Lego and put it in, you know, and you're explaining all these things. After 20 minutes, we turn around, like mine looks like the picture. His, I don't even know what his was. Like it was nowhere near. And when you realize that something as simple as just like trying to put a, it was a, it was a, we're trying to build a staircase. When you realize something so simple as telling someone how to put Legos and that is not relating the same way you think it is, it's an eye opener. And so I think like we learned early on to use a lot of like, I feel so like, that's mm-hmm. how I approach things. Like even if something's bugging me that he did or if something's bugging me in general, it's be like, I'm, I'm feeling very, you know, whatever. Or to your point, like, you know, if your wife is off, I don't know if your wife does this, but like I wake up and if I'm in a mood, she's the first one I tell. I'll be like, Hey, just giving you a, this is your 411. I'm in a mood today. I don't know why. I don't know why I woke up this way. I'll figure it out but I'm in a mood and that lets him know like, okay, if I'm quiet or if, if I'm off or yeah. if I, you know, have a response that's kind of out of character, he already has the platform of, okay, she already told me she's crabby or she already told me she's off or she told me, you know, she had a rough night's sleep. And so now, you know, whatever. And that's the biggest thing is like self accountability right? Like I, I can be off and it has nothing to do with him. But if I don't, to your point, if I don't say that, then all of a sudden his whole energy, that whole day is centered around, Oh crap. (laughs) What did I do? Yeah. And as I'll tell you, as a husband, it it doesn't work. I remember reading uh, John Gray's book, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, you know, years ago. Oh, it's a great book. Right. Yeah. And so there's one part in there where he said, we, as men, we take credit for everything. It's just right. It's like you, (laughs) your hair looks good today. That's because I'm the husband, right? You took you out on a date to a restaurant. I think this is the example that he put in the book. I'm like, yep, that's, that's spot on. You go out on a date with you know a girlfriend or you, you go to dinner with your spouse if she likes the meal it's because you took her to the restaurant and you could have just cooked the meal right i mean yeah. you, you you might as well have just cooked the meal because you're taking credit for her liking the meal and if she doesn't <laughs> like the meal it's like why doesn't she like the meal what did i do wrong and so yes you, exactly exactly right it's a an unfortunate character flaw i think of us men that we we take too much credit for things we shouldn't <laughs> and we are too hard on ourselves probably for for things that uh um that we may not but so you're why so uh, not sure exactly how to ask this other than just kind of bluntly why are you so open that, that way right you wake up in the morning you're like yeah this is i woke up woke up on the wrong side of the bed which we all do mm-hmm. uh many times but you you mentioned it to Travis. So why do you do that? Is it, is it strictly to, as a strategy for open communication and in avoiding some of those things, or is it just part of your personality that you're open that way? 
I think it's just part of my personality. And I think um, I was actually having this conversation with a friend this week too. It's, I'm that way with people. I'm that way with everybody, you know, like even if I go into a meeting, if I'm off, I'll let them know. I'll be like, I'm a little off today. Like, you know, the flight was long or, you know, I didn't sleep well in the hotel last night. I'm a little bit off. So, you know, I'm just, I'm very transparent and I try and not leave anything to question. And I just honestly, like I've had so many friendships that have either, you know, friendships, right? Like not relationships, but like actual friendships with, you know, people who they've been burned in odd ways. And you just, you know, when you're, you know, I'm 41, right? And so you look at all of the ways that people have communicated with me and how it's made me feel the way they've communicated with me. I have this joke about um, uh, energy, energy vampires, right? So there's, I've had plenty of energy vampires (laughs) in my life and exactly to what we were just talking about before. Like if I'm not open in communication, if I'm not very transparent with who I am, then all I'm doing is sucking the energy from somebody else because they're trying to figure out how to make me happy or, and it it doesn't even need to be that. Right. And so I think it goes back to the whole, you know, need want thing. Like I can make myself happy. Like I am very happy in my skin. I know what makes me happy. I am, I am very, very, I'm happy being alone if I had to be right. Like if Mm -hmm. for some reason that was like, I'm perfectly happy that way. And so I think I try and not suck the energy from people. And in order to do that, I have to serve up truth. I have to, mm. I have to be very upfront and honest. And for my husband, not to sit there and think all day long, like, oh crap, like, what did I do? Cause she was super agitated this morning. I have to just red herring that I'm not, that I'm mad or that I, you know, like, yeah. I don't know, have an overwhelming day or, I mean, there's so many attributes you can attribute to why you might be reacting to something. But I also think it's that part of me. That's just, I think it's just part of my DNA that makes me want yeah. to be that way. I'm a very brass tacks person. Yeah. I also think that's probably why we've survived this long. <laughs> Well, that can also be a hindrance, though, too, right? I mean, that could be a hindrance in relationships, oh, whatever relationship being if if the oh, other yeah. person really can't take that, if if the other person can't take in whatever again in whatever exchange, whatever relationship, if the other person can't take that amount of blunt force trauma, you know that that amount of of blunt <laughs> speak. Um, oh yeah, it's it it can I've cause some friction. I've had people say that. I've had people be like, "You're too intimidating." okay, then I'm not for you. Like, I, I'm not going to, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, that, yeah. that word intimidating has been used to describe me by more, um, I should say ex friendships yeah. than any other word. Really? And, but again, like, I'm not going to change who I am because it works for me. It, yeah. and, uh, and yes, to your point, I am very transparent and you're, you're going to get the absolute truth from me. Like I'm never going to tell you the, the outfit looks nice. If it doesn't, I'm going to tell you it looks funny. Um, but I will always speak truth. And I think that's more of a, that's, that's an honorable thing that people know when they come to me, I will give them the truth, whether they want to hear it or not. Like yeah. I'm going to give them the truth. And 
how they choose to react to that, that's on them. Same for me, how yeah. I choose to react to things, that's on me. Um, and I just don't, we were talking about this the last time we chatted, like we're such a society of worry and, mm-hmm. you know, that we're going to offend somebody or that we're going to say the wrong thing or whatever. And I, that's why I'm having a really weird season right now, trying to figure out how to navigate in this space. And I've just chose just to not say anything, go into the woods and hike <laughs> because mm-hmm. I just like, to me, it's, it's people are, we're just losing that self accountability. Yep. And I think when you do that in a relationship, that's when things go off the rails. So the, and, this is fascinating. Yeah. The, the take sorry to interrupt. <laughs> the, no, I, this is perfect. I, I, I lose thoughts too. If I don't, if I don't speak, I mean, so the takeaway for me, somebody who's not like that, I'm not immediately open and honest. I, and this is one way that, that my wife and I are different. She, she speaks a lot of times before she thinks, and I think too much before I speak. So I guess we kind of balance each other out, but we're, we're both working at that from different sides. The takeaway for me though, is someone who's not like you, who's not open, as open as you are to, um, in that openness can avoid conflict, right? It can avoid issues down the road. It, um, I'm not that way. And so for those of us who are not that way, how it is important and really necessary to be that way and strive to be that way in the most important relationships we have, which our marriage being, uh, probably the most important, right? So it's, it is, um, that's a huge takeaway for me is to, to be that intentional and open and honest and truthful within the context of my marriage to avoid all that stuff I was talking about earlier about the mind Mm -hmm. going into places that it doesn't really need to go to because it's just fabricating stuff. that's not even there. Um, And boy, do we need more truth. If we, again, we need more truth in everything, but Mm -hmm. to your point, if in these crazy times, my, you know, kind of my, my core conviction is to, to get our homes in order. And that's partly why I'm doing this is to, to share with people these things, like what you're talking about to, to strengthen a foundation within your, the, the core, your core relationship with your spouse, to strengthen that foundation, to avoid pitfalls, to grow together and get that part of your home in order, because who knows what's coming down the pike. And, mm-hmm. but yeah, I know, I know for me and I've, as long as I'm good with my wife, I don't really care that much about other stuff. I mean, right. I'm good. I'd rather, I'd rather walk through the Valley with my wife than, you know, climb to the, to the peak on my own and stay there. Right. Just by myself. Yeah. Um, yep. so we're choosing to try to climb to the peak together, which sounds like what, what you guys are doing as well. But yeah, that's, that's a huge takeaway for me that, uh, I'm probably going to, I'm probably going to listen to this and watch this over and over again to remind me how to, <laughs> how to be more open and honest. Well, and I they, think yeah. A big thing is like, is I think even, you know, I've, I've talked to people who have been married for five years. I've, you know, a girlfriend that's, you know, they've been married for a couple of years. I have a girlfriend who's just getting married next year. Right. So it's like a kind of a newlywed type phase. Yeah. Right. So I'm fortunate to have a lot of conversations around that. And it's not to say like this didn't, you know, our relationship, the strength piece of it, like it didn't fall into this, right? Like it, 
it started with me understanding that there were certain phrases that you can't use in a marriage, right? Like opening up a conversation with you didn't do the dishes, right, is immediately putting someone on a defensive. And I think that is a bleed over from my career. Like I cannot yes. walk into a boardroom and be like, you guys are not, you know, blah, 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 because then everything would go up, right? Like it has yeah. to be a partnership. And so I use a lot of words like I'm feeling, I'm feeling like, or um, I try and stay away from things like, you know, you never, you know, support me, you know, cause that's a lie, yeah. right? Like, yeah. or I can, I can say I'm feeling rather unsupported in this thing that I want to do. Right. Where it's like, it, you know, you really, it starts with you. It starts yeah. with like, you're, you know, cleaning this house up and mm. making sure that you're kind of the best version of who you are. And that you're, you know, you're speaking, there's that phrase, um, you know, words, words are like the world's biggest tattoos, right? Like once those words come out, you can't laser them off. Like they are there. And so speak, speak how you would want to be spoken to, you know, I mean, you learn that kindergarten, right? Like, you know, treat Jimmy how you want Jimmy to treat you. You know, you always have that, but it's, I think learning how to communicate and say, you know, things like, you know, I'm feeling this or, or taking accountability for why you're feeling that way. Because I think a lot of, to your um, earlier point, it may not even be related to something, right? I can be like, I'm feeling this way because I had a really bad meeting today or that, you know, the customer was just super crabby and kind of put me off. Like, I think you have to kind of be humble enough to identify that it's not because the dishes aren't done or it's not because the laundry isn't done or whatever. It's more or less because you had a bad meeting and you're, you know, bleeding that over. So I think it all, as much as I a hundred percent agree with you, I think there's pillars to marriage, right? Like we talked about this last time too, like don't, don't try and fix your, your finances, your personal development, your, you know, your trust issues and your, you know, livelihood. Don't try and fix all of it at once. Like you have to kind of compartmentalize and get, figure out what your moral compass is for each of those marital pillars, but figure it out together and then figure out how you both communicate within that space. Like even finances, like Trav and I are very different on finances, but yet it works how we are because we respect each other and we trust each other that that underlying moral code is there always, right? Mm-hmm. And decisions are always made based on that. And so I think kind of establishing those things. And then that's when you kind of have to self-reflect on, I, you know, like I feel, I'm feeling this yeah. way or whatever. And I know it sounds so dumb, but it works for us. I mean, obviously we've been together for long enough, but it just, yeah. it keeps us on the straight and narrow. And I understand that I'm not, not everybody is very open in communication as I am. Um, but again, it goes back to, I just, I've been very forthright from the beginning and in relationships, friendships or otherwise, where it's just like, I'll never need you. I'll want you. And that's kind of how this is going to go. And that's yeah. just been my, that that's my core. That's my nucleus. That's what I go back to. So that's so it that's makes so things key. like, yeah, it makes things like this year doable 
then, right? Because yeah. I don't have to be like, hey, is it okay if I go blah, blah, blah? Like, you don't, you won't ever hear that come out of my mouth. Like, I don't ever ask permission, <laughs> which some people would probably be like, oh, how do you not do that? And I'm like, no, because I've already established that these certain things are, are important. And that, you know, Trav, Trav will say something. He'll be like, hey, I'm thinking of blah, blah, blah. My immediate response would be like, go for it. Like, you, you'll never hear me sit and ha- ask him to analyze his decision to me about wanting to better himself. Like, I'm always going to be like, yep, go for mm-hmm. it. Like, I don't even care what it entails. Like, he came several months back. He's like, I think I'm going to do a half iron. I'm like, go for it. Like, it just doesn't, if that's what you need to do, because that's how he, that's how he respects me is just, Hey, I think I'm going to do this Alpine mission. Okay, go for it. (laughs) I mean, again, we understand that the nucleus of all of those, you know, pillars are, is always there. So we're, if we are vocalizing something that we want to do or something we want to pursue, that's a very selfish endeavor. We understand that 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 platform is still there. So, and I think it's important. And I think a lot of people don't have that. And that's where the conflict comes in because it's, it's a black hole, right? Like, okay, well, if you start spending money on this, where does it stop? It's a slippery slope. Then you're going to want to do this and then this and then this. And it just keeps, it just keeps going. Exactly. Exactly. So a couple of, just a couple of more things that uh, um, the, would you actually, this is really short question, but you mentioned the kind of bleed over from your, your job to, how you communicate in your relationships and your marriage uh, specifically, would you actually recommend to people to, to read a book about negotiation, the art of negotiation to improve their communication? It would, could that oh, improve 100%. someone's communication with their spouse? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I probably should force I have a minor in negotiation. <laughs> I have a minor in ADR. So yeah. it's conflict resolution is what it is. Um, so I, I mean, obviously I do have a knack for that to begin with, but absolutely. Like I yeah. have told both my kids, I'm like, you have to have some kind of legal classes or some type of, whether it be contracts or it be some kind of negotiation class or mediation class or something like you need to do something in college that is that type of class. Because I think those types of classes are just absolutely life stage setting like if you I mean I have met several people who do not know how to have a negotiation in the business space I've met people who don't know how to negotiate in a personal space you can't possibly have a successful relationship if you don't know how to kind of do that the dance as we call it like in the professional world right and so absolutely and it doesn't I mean, there are several, you know, books or podcasts or things like that, that you can kind of, you know, you got to find what works for you. But yeah, you absolutely have to know, you have to know what your personality is, you have to know what you're comfortable with, right? Like, what are you Mm -hmm. comfortable portraying? But then how does your personality, how do you reflect your needs and your wants in that dance? you know, has to be, that has, you have to figure that out. Like there isn't a book that's going to give you what to do um, to tell you how to do that. But one that comes to my mind personally, um, do you know Simon Sinek? He has like, um, start with why, right? Like understanding your why. Yeah. I literally live by 
any human that walks this earth, you have to know your why. I just asked a friend this yesterday. Okay. I was like, tell me who you are. Don't tell me your name because that's not who you are. Like, tell me who you are. Give me your 30 second commercial. And that right there kind of sets your stage for how, you know, how you will portray in a relationship or how you'll portray like in a professional world, uh, you know, business world or whatever. So I would, that yeah. if I had to recommend a book for somebody who is like, okay, great, Brie, where would I start? Yeah. <laughs> understanding who you are first and understanding why you even want to look at doing this would be the biggest thing. And so, yeah, the whole start with why would be probably 100. I could not agree more. Could not agree more that yeah. you as an individual start with yourself Start with your why yes. before you can commit yourself to another person. Um, you know, it's uh, the reason I asked about the book on negotiation, which I didn't. I just kind of thought about that as you were as you were talking. And some, you know, some people might say, "Well, that's her. She's got a minor in that. That's you know, she's she's experienced in that. That's not. It seems like it's kind of like out of left field. Like it doesn't relate to a marriage relationship, but." It's kind of a blueprint. I mean, it's we're we're kind of seeing by what oh, you're saying. 100%. It's such a great blueprint to improve one of, if not the most important aspects of your marriage, which is communication. So yep. if I could, this would be like one of those things. Like if I could tell my 20 something year old one thing, it'd be re read a couple of books on the art of negotiation, but read it from the perspective mm -hmm. of improving your communication with your spouse. And not like from a salesy perspective. And that's not, I mean, any of the negotiation books aren't salesy. I mean, it's about how to oh, yeah. communicate to get, a, to really come to a win-win situation, not only get what you want, but to make sure that it's a, it's a win-win. Well, that's, that's what we want in our marriage anyway. I mean, if, if you're ever going to have an authentic negotiated negotiation type um, uh, conversation or communication, I mean, you want to be that authentic. And you mentioned like the, it, oh, 100%. I forget how you said it sounds kind of, some of these things sound kind of quirky. Like I feel like X today, but isn't that the truth though? Don't we like tell ourselves, we end up kind of speaking the lie ultimately, like you didn't do the dishes, you know, but that's yes. like a byproduct of stuff that we've probably been feeling all day. If we had just come out and said, Hey, I feel kind of edgy today and I'm not really sure why. It sounds quirky, but it's the truth. It's more of the truth than mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff that ends up coming out of our mouths when yeah. we end up button heads with our spouse. Yeah. Well, and people don't realize that. So have you ever read the book Untethered Soul? No, but I've that's on oh, it's amazing. So yeah, it's amazing. But so when you read it, this will make sense then. Um, but and I didn't understand that this is what was happening before I read that book. And then I, I read that book, but uh, it talks about the inner voice within each of us. Right. And you have the inner voice, you have one side, you know, there's always like, you know, the devil and the angel, you know, they always yeah. show that kind of, you know, component. This is like the inner voice has, you know, one side, and then you have your other inner voice. And if you really listen, your inner voice is in a constant loop all day long. You are yes literally talking to yourself all day without mm -hmm. actually realizing it. And so you are self-negotiating. So like when I read that book, it opened my eyes to like, when I wake up in the morning and you know, my mind is like, Oh gosh, I'm really tired today. Da, da, da. The only one that knows that is me, unless I express that out. And 
mm-hmm. who I am that day is because of that projection. So my husband can't hear the inner voice. Like my friends can't hear the inner voice or, you know, so the only way for me to like give value to, Hey, I'm kind of off today is to actually verbalize it out. So people like, if you read that book, you'll definitely, you'll start to think of how your brain is operating (laughs) in an interesting way. Cause then you realize you're like, Oh my gosh, I negotiate with myself all day long, but how can I, how can I use what I'm doing already all day long? How can I use that in my day to day? Like, how can I use this skill set that I just learned I have? And that's, it's when you read the book, you'll get what I'm saying, but it's, it's eye opening to realize that people are negotiating with themselves all day long. So just teach Mm -hmm. yourself how to communicate that out. And it becomes a platform for you then to have healthier relationships, whether it be a marriage, a partnership, a friendship, whatever. Um, And I think a lot of it too, I think when you do that, I just had someone yesterday ask me, they're like, do you block and unfollow people on social media? I'm like, "Uh, yes. Like I, I only want what's going to feed my soul. I only want what's going to serve me. And if something's not doing that, you're out. Gone. Yeah. Energy vampires. <laughs> yeah, I don't gone. have an issue with social media. Yeah, yeah. Like I love social media because it's filled with all of the things that like give me mental nutrients. Yes. It's not filled with the garbage. And the minute I see something garbage, it's out. And that's people can control that. So um yeah, yeah it's the same it's it's the same loop. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know um last time we talked and I'll I'll close here to be uh, respectful of your time, even though we've gone over an hour, I feel like we could talk about this for a while. But um, we could talk about this for a week. Kinda, we already established I know, that. <laughs> I know. We so last time you mentioned you get a question a lot. How do you guys do it, right? And uh, hopefully, within this um, this conversation and in, in with everything that you've said, that people will get an idea of how you have such a vibrant, um, open, honest loving relationship that is continuing to strive for adventure and get better and get deeper and get closer. I think you've, I mean, you've touched on a lot of stuff that I think um, I would challenge you to come up with a succinct <laughs> way to say when people say, <laughs> how do you guys do it? Well, just, I don't know, just kind of watch the podcast. Um, but yeah. yeah, right. But yeah, Look I really my- do. I really do. I think, I think you, I mean, you mentioned so much stuff and um, yeah, I know for me, just several takeaways for me uh, as well. So I thank you for, um, for sharing and really for being you and who you are and how you do what you do. Really the only, the only other question that's kind of put you on the spot, you can answer it or not. I don't know if you have a question, but you mentioned start, you mentioned the book, start with why. So I guess that would be my question to you. You've been married for 18 years. Um, you've been through a lot, two kids, the kids are, you know, kind of like, kind of like me and my wife, it's, you're starting to see that phase of empty nesting, right. To where it's just going to be you and and your husband. I guess my question is why, why, why be married? Why are you married? Why are you in this relationship? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I think it's that, it's that person, right? So when you think of, I mean, obviously we've all had reason over the last couple of years to sit back and think, oh my gosh, like what if my person isn't here right now? 
Um, and when you start seeing that become reality with uh, in the external space where people are losing their spouses or they're, you know, they're losing loved ones due to, you know, whatever um, pandemic has never been more obvious with that, that, you know, life is definitely short. I think it's, it goes, it's that the why is, I don't know if Trav will be here until I'm a hundred years old. I don't know if yeah. I'll be here until I'm a hundred years old, right? Like, I mean, one of us could wake up tomorrow and not be here. And that's when you realize, when you think about that and, you're, and it like gives you that kind of little pit in your stomach where you're like, Ooh, like, I don't, I don't like that. Right. Like then that's kind of your gut check to your relationship. Like if you ever think about your other not around and you're like, yeah, like that's probably a red flag. Probably, you should probably yeah. address that. Right. Yeah. But if you, it's every, it's that gut check into yourself, you know, it's that, do I still want this person here? Like, is this still, is this still something I want? And I think a lot of people are not truthful with that answer. Right. And I think that you can get yourself into a space. So you had asked the question or you had mentioned earlier, you know, when people ask, they're like, how do you do it? Right. Like, how do you, yeah. how do you still want to be married? And it's not, um, when we were first married, Trav played softball on a softball team and, you know, they were, you know, they'd go out to the bars and they would go out and play poker and this and the next thing. And I remember I had a couple of girlfriends and they're like, don't you have like trust issues? Like, how do you, how do you trust him? And I'm just like, because if he doesn't want to be here, then he can go. Like, it's not, I mean, he's not chained. Like it's a, if you choose something different, then you can just go live that different life. Right. Like, but mm -hmm. I think again, it comes back to, I'm so strong in my skin and I'm so strong with who I am that I'm comfortable with being alone. So if someone chose that to do something that broke my trust, then that would be, their, their prerogative, their choice, right? On the flip side, for me, for him, like, I mean, I travel, you know, prior to COVID, I was traveling all the time for work, I'm in and out of hotels, I'm, you know, definitely in an industry that is, you know, male dominant. And so it's a different layer. It's the same exact reciprocated trust back. And so when you have that, like complete trust in each other, and you're, it's unwavering, you just, it's such a strength and a bond that you just mm -hmm. can't imagine life without that person. Like you can't, I mean, if you, if it ever, you know, gosh forbid happens, you're obviously prepared for it. But at the same time, like, I don't wake up every day and think, Oh God, I'm in like this dead end marriage. Like, how do I get out of this? Whatever. I wake up every day and I'm like, okay, like it might not be awesome today, but this is the cards we're dealt and, and you move through it. And I think you grow as long as you're open to growing, right, then that becomes the why, because this person makes you stronger, this person, you know, grounds you, this person supports you, like, I will never forget the look on my husband's face, it still makes me smile all the time. When I FaceTime after the basic course, because you know, the basic course, you don't talk to anybody for that period of time. Right. And there is so much emotion that comes up and out and, and you take in so much over that weekend. When I got back to the lodge and I was, because I was staying the night because my flight was the next day and I got on and he was, his face, the look on his face, he was so overjoyed 
to see my face and to then just listen to me spew out all these things of people he's never met. I mean, I'm talking names and he has no idea who I'm talking about. That's when he found out that I was the only female with these eight guys in the middle of the woods. And it's like, it just, he like just completely like jumped into that joy. Mm. And so if you have somebody like that, or like you just, your why becomes because this person is the spark to my flame right? Like I can keep my flame going myself just fine, but it's always, you know, it's always better when you have that, that support network. And so I don't think it's, you know, the why is not something that you can literally write down. I feel like the why in a marriage is something that you've learned. It's just a combination of all of the tools and tricks that you have gathered. You just have to be willing to hold the basket. That's essentially what it comes down to. Like you, Mm -hmm you have to be willing to carry it because it's got to come with the good and the bad. You can't like just leave the good in the basket and pitch the bad out. Like right. you learn from the negative stuff. And so you got to leave that negative stuff in that basket and carry along with you so that you know, that's how we overcame this conflict. So next time we can, you know, move through it that much better, but yep. Yep. that's just, that's what it is. I mean, that's long answer to your question, but that's, it's just, it's because that's that person. That's that person that just accepts you for who you are. Because I've had plenty of people walk out of my life, as many other people have, right? And when you find somebody who is just all in, yeah, it's it's a diamond in the rough. Kind of like you and your wife. You know what I mean? Like you guys are just committed holistically, and it's like that's in today's day and age, statistically, it's not common, right? And so you really do, you really do covet that aspect of it so yeah yeah i go back to what you said yeah about um i'll never i'll never need you but i'll always want you and i think that creates such a it's it it sounds it almost sounds counterintuitive in a way if you if we really dive into it but it's not It, it it works i think to strengthen what you have because it's like the difference between I have to do something versus I get to do something, right? Yes. I don't have yes. to be in this relationship, but I get to be in this relationship. And you, you yes. carry that with you yes. every day. 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. When you start thinking of your marriage as a job or as a, 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 a unbreakable like ask that you just cannot, like when you start thinking of it as this, this, chore that's when things are going to go off the rails real quick yeah so if you can keep it in the in the get to space because and there's another book called traveler's gift that was life-changing book for me but it that book talks all about like the seven choices that you make in life and being in a marriage is a choice you wake up every day and decide to be married and you you could wake up tomorrow morning or i could wake up tomorrow morning and be like i'm done and i could choose to walk away and there's nothing that would stop me right? Like you just walk away, but you, you find yourself that you are waking up every day and you are choosing that person. You are choosing that relationship. And that, that is a choice you are making. So if you're miserable with your choice, then you have to figure out why you are miserable with your choice and kind of, you know, figure out how to make it work or figure out what you want, right? Like, or why it is that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it, it all boils back to, and I know we talked about this when we talked before, it all boils back to 
you, yes. you and you alone. So yes. yeah, hence my tagline on Instagram, like you do have to live <laughs> boldly. Like you have to, I am a very bold person. I'm a bold person in my marriage. I'm a bold person in my career. I'm a bold person in my, you know, singular personality. I have to be because that's just what works for me. And that's and, what has gotten us this far. <laughs> yeah. And when you find somebody, you mentioned being all in earlier. And when you find somebody who is all in, on all of you who wouldn't want to wake up every day and choose to be with someone that's that's like that right exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly. yep and if, if it's ever if you ever wake up and you don't feel like that person's all in or you don't feel like you're all in on something just say it it's like i'm off yes something's off yep. something has to be calibrated we gotta chat and so my husband's used to getting text messages that are like hey let's chat tonight and it's funny, he used to be like, oh, Lord. <laughs> but now he'll just be like, hey, what do you want to chat about? It just becomes a normal thing because it's not it's not a defensive thing anymore. It's more just like, you know. It's become something that's know, been. Let's talk about, yeah. Let's talk about the vacation we're going to take basket. next summer. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's in the basket. It's, you've, yep. you've learned. Yeah, you've, you've done it enough. You didn't. You know, you didn't you uh, didn't allow it to break you apart. You put it in the basket yeah. and it's become the norm. You did it. You've yeah. done it enough. Yeah. yeah. That's so good. I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to text my wife a couple of times. Again, hey, let's <laughs> chat tonight. She's going to be like, what? There you go. Um, no, it's really going to okay. throw her off at first. She's going to be like, wait, what What I do? What I need to be like, no, no, no. All good. Let's just chat. You know what like, I'm going to do? I'm going to say, let's chat tonight. When she comes home, what do you want to chat about? Just want to hear about your day. How yes. good would that be? Yes. You, I really yes, want to hear about your day. You have to day. put the lens on it. Yes. Yeah. Or... Tell me what, you know how you do it with your kids when they come from yeah. school, you do it with your wife. Like, tell me one thing that was just epic today. Yeah. Like absolutely epic. Like yeah. stood out and yeah, pretty soon you'll see the, they'll be like, Oh, okay. And it, it no longer becomes. So then when you do text, they're like, Hey, let's chat. And you want to talk about something, you know, maybe, you know, college for your daughter, maybe you're right. struggling with something like, you know what I mean? All of a sudden it doesn't become like, Defensive. super awkward it thing becomes, because you've done it so much yeah, yeah. and you have yeah. good associations yeah. to it yeah okay that's awesome yeah. i challenge everybody listening that's to your this homework that, so i'm gonna do it. I do it all the time yes <laughs> um okay i so, you realize i'm gonna text you and be like okay mike how many times have you texted her this week <laughs> please yeah please do yeah i need that that's awesome and yeah. you're um you're writing a book you're actually writing multiple books Yes, uh, yeah. one with a group of girlfriends uh, that is uh, kind of a running, uh, kind of an inspiration to the, you know, not the ultra runner book. It's just, right. the, you know, how do you get motivated kind of thing. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I have a personal book that I'm working on uh, that is just kind of all of the things that I have gone through or seen or experienced or something as a female. Yep. Um, and hopefully that can, things like this. Right. Like things yeah. like how did that, I mean, I didn't fall into the comfort of my skin. I built this skin. Right. Mm. So um, I joked with some the other day. I'm like, my skin is so thick. I probably could have saved the Titanic. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it didn't happen that way. Like I built it that way. And so how did I get there? Yes. Is essentially what the book is about. So yeah. it sounds, journey, it sounds fabulous. Yeah. So um, yeah. as I mentioned last time we talked, if you need anything, uh, if you reach a, a wall in thinking as far as, you know, uh, working through the, the brain dump of the book, 
give me a shout. Let me know uh, if there's anything you need. But it sounds it does. It sounds like it's going to be fabulous. So keep going. Yeah, get it, get it done. Yes, yeah, thank you. I appreciate yeah. all of the. I appreciate this opportunity. This is so fun. I've been looking forward to this for so long. <laughs> like since you and I talked about it. Like I just I love talking about this kind of stuff. And I just yeah. You and I talked about it, right? Like there's not enough people talking about how their marriages are working there's rules on how to like be happy and things like that but there's not enough people like really diving into in pardon the pun but the ultra marriage right like how how do you get through all of the unexpected twists and turns and yeah um, i yeah i appreciate you starting this because i think this i think more people need this yeah and need to hear it so yeah agreed well nice job (laughs) <laughs> and back at you. Thank you so much for uh, for doing this, for yes. taking the time. And yeah, I look forward to uh, hearing what your next adventure will be in 2022. <laughs> um, oh boy! <laughs> and so yeah, take some take some time. You deserve the break over the holidays uh, with the kind of year that you had. But you're you're a special special person. Um, you really are. And oh, thank I thank you. you. Like I said, I thank you for for who you are, for how you do what you do, and. Um, yeah, I look forward to to connecting and chatting again soon. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much and have a good rest of your day. And you too. everybody that's listening, you guys have an awesome time listening to this podcast. Thank yes, you so much. Live boldly. Yes. Don't just exist. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Bree. Thanks for listening to the Ultra Marriage Podcast. Hey, if you enjoyed the episode, got anything out of it, please leave us a review share it on social media, and share it with others that you think could benefit from it as well. Until next time, keep training, keep growing, and keep loving your way to your own ultra marriage.